Welcome to the weekly Comic Web Old Time Radio Program podcast. We sell old time radio programs, Golden Age comics in PDF format, and we have other free podcasts. Visit comicweb.com for more information or find us on Facebook and iTunes. In honor of William and Kate's wedding, this week we look 10 years into the future and see their potential anniversary. Our podcast is an episode of Fibber McGee and Molly called Wedding Anniversary. It first aired May 28, 1946. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> Makers of Johnson's Wax products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly with Bill Thompson, Gail Gordon, Arthur Q. Bryan, B. Benaderet, and me, Harlow Wilcox. The script is by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie. The music by the King's Ben and Billy Mills Orchestra. You know, there's one thing we all have in common in this country. We love to entertain, whether it's a big reception or just to get together with the folks next door. There's nothing we like better. Of course, if you're one of the millions of women who use genuine Johnson's Wax, when friends do drop in, you always have a home that's sparkling clean and bright and something to be proud of. For example, that softly shining look on your wax-polished floors gives an immediate impression of charm and good taste. Your furniture glows with a delightful luster. Everywhere you look, you see things transformed by the magic touch of this wonderful wax. Picture frames and leather articles that gleam richly, windowsills that aren't afraid of a sudden shower. And don't forget, there's less work attached to a house that's protected with Johnson's Wax. Just a light dusting maintains its shining beauty. Try it, won't you? Johnson's Wax, paste, liquid, or cream. It's a horrible thing for a woman to have a new dress, a new hairdo, and still be wondering if her husband will remember that this is their wedding anniversary. Apropos of which, just outside the La Parisienne beauty salon, we find the very social Mrs. Carstairs and the very sociable Mrs. McGee of Fibber McGee and Molly. You really like my hair this way, Millicent? My dear, it's simply stunning. I haven't seen such a happy-looking wave since my niece got out of the Navy. <laughs> well, I hope McGee notices it. This is our wedding anniversary, you know. You mean he's forgotten it? Oh, I don't think he's forgotten it exactly. He just hasn't remembered it yet. <laughs> I think I can bring it to his attention in my delicate way. If I have to beat him over the head with the calendar. <laughs> Personally, I handle the matter somewhat differently. I always leave a note on Mr. Carstairs' shaving mirror wishing him a happy anniversary. That gives him all day to pretend he'd remembered it too and buy me something expensive to quiet his conscience. <laughs> Does it always work, Millicent? Last year it worked four times. <laughs> well, McGee won't be... Oh, heavenly days. Yoo-hoo, Otis. Otis Cadwallader, yoo-hoo! Well, well, hello, Molly. Nice to see you. I'm sorry I haven't got time to talk, but I'm on my way to the airport. Well, happy landings, Otis. Thank you, thank you, Molly. Remember me to, uh, what's his name, your husband. I will, Otis. He'll be very, uh, goodbye. <laughs> hmm. Good 
Good heavens, my dear. Wasn't that Governor Cadwallader? Yes, a very old friend of mine. If I hadn't married McGee, I probably would have married Otis. Ah, lucky me. Lucky? You mean you wouldn't want to be the governor's wife? No. No, it'll be too much etiquette for me, Millicent. I wouldn't know which knife to use on the filly mignon and which to use on the politicians. <laughs> well, I've got to be getting home now. Well, can I give you a lift, Mrs. McGee? It would save you a lot of time. The traffic is terrible these days. Yes, particularly with so many cars on the street. <laughs> Oh, hi, Molly. What'd you say? I said I'm home. Oh. You been out? Yeah, for a while. Notice anything different about me? Different? Well, let me look at you a minute. Oh, I know. You're not wearing a hat. I was, but I just took it off. So you could see. See what? My hair. What's the matter with your hair? It looks all right to me. Quit worrying about it. Thanks. How about this dress? Fine, I like it. Good. I've always liked that dress. It's a new one. Oh, it is? Well, it's very pretty. What are you celebrating, kiddo? Dearie, don't you... Don't you know what day this is? What day? No, I... Oh, my gosh. Well, I'll be... A... This is May 28th, and I didn't get my copy of Field and Stream. Uh... I'll write them guys a letter that'll... What's the matter, Molly? Oh, nothing. I was just hoping that... Well, never mind. Say, do you know who Mrs. Carstairs and I met downtown? Otis Cadwallader. Oh, we had such a nice chat. What? Cadwallader? I never did have any use for that guy. Him and his Stutz Bearcat and Kins Coonskin's coat. <laughs> Skin Coon coat. Look, Molly, I never mentioned this before. Yes. But I once caught him cheating at croquet. <laughs> he skipped the middle wicket. Well, I'm sure he didn't mean to, dearie. And you don't have to be jealous anymore. I'm glad I married you. That certain day in May. I'm glad you did too, Tootsie. You wouldn't have been half as happy with... Come in. Hello there, kids. Well, my goodness. Hello there, old-timer. Hi, old-timer. What's on your mind? I was just passing by, Johnny, and I thought I'd... Hey, you're looking mighty pretty there, daughter. New hairdo, eh? And a new dress. Yes. You like it? Like it? Prettier than a guinea hen sitting on a haystack and a full moon. Well, well, thank you, I think. What was it you said you wanted, old-timer? Hey, oh, I was just passing by, Johnny, and I thought I'd tell you I seed an old friend of yours downtown, Odie Cadwallader. What do you mean, friend of mine? That slab-sided, money-hungry, boat-grabbing wolf in wolf's clothing? That guy's so two-faced he could dance cheek-to-cheek in a broom closet. Oh, I wouldn't say that, McGee. I think Otis has always been a very nice man. Uh, the kind who remembers birthdays and uh, wedding anniversaries and uh, things. Well, I've known Odie for many a year, kids. And he's come a long way, too. Must be worth a million dollars. Oh, at least. He may have it, but he ain't worth it. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no use to feel that way about it, Johnny. Just because you young fellas started out together and... One of you is rich, and one of you is you. Why, of course not. Money isn't everything. No, sir. Believe me, Johnny, you wouldn't want to do what Odie has done to get all that dough. 
You could have had a million dollars, too, if you'd want to make that filthy money the way Odie made it. Gee, really? How did he make it, old-timer? He worked for it. Well, so long. <laughs> Billy Mills in the orchestra, and seems like old time. that if a couple have been married a long time like we have, that if uh, one of them thinks very hard about something, the other one usually knows what she's thinking? Absolutely. I've always believed that there. Why? Well, concentrate. Hmm? <laughs> I'm thinking of something. What significance, if any, has the 28th of May to you and me? Hmm, 28th of May, what's you? Oh, my gosh, the 28th of May. Is that today? Indeed it is, dearie. This is the day I get my gray pants back from the cleaners. Oh. Hot dog. Imagine you remembering that. That's marvelous, Thank Ma. you. I thought for a minute you weren't going to... Oh, dear. Come in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Come right in. Thank you, Molly. Hi, Needlepoint. <laughs> what are you wandering around town for? Get kicked off the staff at the hospital and none too soon? No, sack seat. <laughs> I just got in a fresh shipment of arsenic, which naturally reminded me of you, so I thought I'd drop in and say hello. Well, it's nice to see you, Doctor. I can return the compliment doubled and redoubled, my dear. Your new hairdo is extremely becoming. It's a new dress, too, isn't it? Yes, it is, Doctor. I got it especially for today. This is a very special occasion for us, you know. It is? Oh, I'll say it is, boy. After five weeks, the dry cleaners are finally sending back my gray pants. <laughs> From the pained expression on your wife's face, lip switch, I would say that you were walking down memory lane with one foot in the gutter. <laughs> Incidentally, Scuttlebutt, I saw an old friend of yours downtown this morning, Otis Cadwallader. Yeah, that fathead is no friend of mine. I hated him in high school, and I hate him now. That apple polisher, boot licker, teacher's pet. None of mine ever did. You know, Doctor, uh, 
Otis uh, was sort of an old flame of mine. But she married me. Yes, just goes to show what a drip can do to a flame. <laughs> oh, yeah? Well, he wasn't so much competition, Fatso. Molly knew right from the start which was the best man. Of course I did. Then why did you marry this one? Don't answer that. Too late to do anything about it anyway. But to me, it's like picking a donkey out of a bunch of racehorses. Personally, I think donkeys are cute, Doctor. And I read someplace that donkeys are the most patient of all animals. Thanks, kid. <laughs> well, if you'd practiced medicine as long as I have, you'd think that patients were the donkeys of all animals. Which reminds me, I better get back to the barn and look at a few of them. So long, Beauty and the Beast. Isn't he a sweet old character? He's old and he's a character. But if he's, if he's sweet, we got sand in the sugar bowl. Well, I think he's nice. McGee, would it bother you if I played the piano a little while? Not at all, kiddo. Not at all. Go right ahead. I love to hear you play the piano. All right. Remind you of anything, dearie? Well, now, let me see. Oh, I know. Yes, we have no bananas. <laughs> no, pet. How about this one? Oh, I remember that one. That's a... Now, now wait a minute. It's an old army song, ain't it? <laughs> no. But if something doesn't happen pretty quick, it's going to be one of the greatest battle hymns of all time. <laughs> McGee, this is gone far. Hello, folks. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. Say, you certainly look beautiful, Molly. New dress, new coiffure. New what, Junior? Coiffure. Have you, Molly? Certainly. Let's see it. Take a look. Where? That's her hair. Where do you suppose? Where in her hair? I don't see any coiffure. <laughs> what was that again? Coiffure, dearie. That's a French word, meaning you'll keep coming back to us because you'll never be able to comb it this way yourself. <laughs> Say, now that you mention it, Molly, I notice you're doing it up different. Looks very chick. <laughs> well, thank you very much, sweetheart. You say the nicest things to me, if you're prodded hard enough. <laughs> say, Molly, I saw an old friend of yours downtown today, Otis Cadwallader. Yes, I saw him too, Mr. Wilcox. Say, Molly, didn't he once fling a little woo at you? <laughs> Before you and Fibber decided that a home was warmer than a porch swing? <laughs> Yes, he did, Junior. He was the banker's son, with the underslung roadster and the wood-burning outfit and the overworked brains. He was such a heel, they say O'Sullivan once sued him for infringement. Oh, now, McGee, Otis was a very nice boy. Though I'll admit I was rather impressed by that big, shiny car of his. Well, naturally. Women love to see a well-kept, gleaming automobile. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, will those of you who know what's coming next please jiggle the ground wire of your radio? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead, Waxy. I just didn't want you to catch anybody flat-footed. <laughs> Let's play fair with this, I always say. Okay, I was just going to say that a car polished with Johnson's car new is a good car to ride in. Yes, I thought... Because a man who is proud of his car's appearance and careful to protect it against road grime and dust and dampness is probably a careful driver, too. Oh, now, Mr. Wilcox, car new as a safety device is rather far-fetched, isn't it? Why, well, I don't think so. It's a matter of character. Uh... If a driver is reckless with his car's finish, letting it get grimy, spotted, and faded, 
He's apt to have a don't-care attitude about other things. Yeah, but Cadwallader had two chauffeurs to do the work on his, so he doesn't get... Now, there's no hard work to using Johnson's car, and you'll, you know that. He didn't do the work. You just spread it on, let it dry, and wipe it off with a soft cloth. Waited on hand It and cleans as it polishes. He didn't do it himself. Carnew is like a paid-up life insurance policy. Why is it, Mr. Wilcox? It protects your finish. Say, pal, speaking of Cadwallader, Doc Gamble says if Molly had her pick between him and you, and took you, what a horrible mug he must have been. <laughs> I'll say he was a... Hey, now, wait a minute. <laughs> You're insinuating that... The opinion just expressed was Dr. Gamble's and does not necessarily reflect the opinion of my sponsor, S.C. Johnson and Son Incorporated, or myself. This is the national broadcast... I mean, so long now. <laughs> dearie, I suppose I might as well go upstairs and put my new dress away. Yeah, might be a good idea. Unless you think we might be going out somewhere tonight. Such as where? Oh, I don't know. Maybe to a restaurant or a nightclub or someplace. Nah. Let's save that for some special occasion. <laughs> like maybe our anniversary or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, uh, you know what day this is, don't you? Sure, Tuesday. Hey, when my gray pants come, let me know, will you, Molly? Yes, dearie. Now you just relax and don't get excited about anything. Okay. A hinting we will go. A hinting we will go. Da 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 da. A hinting we will go. A hinting we will go. Funny how that brogue of hers hangs on. <laughs> I remember one time. Come in. Hi, Mister. Oh, hi there, Teeny. Say, I haven't seen you for a long time. Where have you been the past few weeks? Cut for time. Oh. Well, it's nice to have you back, sis. I was afraid... Hey, what you got on your finger there? Hmm? Oh, this is a cigar band, mister. Willie Toops put it on my finger. <laughs> We're engaged. <laughs> you are, eh? Hmm? I says you are, eh? Are what? You're engaged to Willie Toops. Gee, how'd you know, mister? Did Winchell carry it? Doggone it, you just told me yourself. Oh, and it was supposed to be a secret. Hmm? Gee, will Willie ever be sore if it gets around? Well, don't worry, sis. I'll clam up. But aren't you and Willie a trifle damp behind the ears to be considering marriage? Why, mister, I think that when a man... Uh, when a woman chooses her life partner, it is best that she know him as well as possible. That's what I mean. I believe that with faith and understanding in one another, married people can surmount any obstetricals which life may present. Surmount any what, sis? Obstetricals. I, I think not, not obstacles. Okay. <laughs> anyway, I have studied Willie's character, and I think he is the type which he will never leave the refrigerator door open. And he will always bring me flowers and candy, which I like chocolate caramels the best. <laughs> and I bet you, if we get married, he will never, never forget our wedding anniversary either, I bet you. No, I hope he doesn't, sis. If there's anything a man can do that'll put him in the doghouse quicker than anything else, it's forgetting his own wedding anniversary. Mm -hmm. I'll say. Mm -hmm. When's yours, mister? When's my what? Wedding anniversary. Oh, not until a long way, long about in... Ooh. Oh, my gosh. May the 28th. So that's what... Ooh. Ugh. Ugh. Hey, mister, what you doing? What you banging your head against the wall for? Go away, sis. Go away. And tell Willie to get your wedding tattooed on his thumb. Your wedding day. Oh, if I ain't a dope. Oh. 
Kingsmen sing out California way. Oh, made up my mind to go where I'm always going to stay. I lay a bet you know where I'm California way. I'm going to wear my Levi's and lay around all day. My life I'm going to read. On California way Got a rope and a saddle And I've learned how to straddle Like a old cow hand I can walk pigeon toward I got a sob in my yodel For that sunny wonderland I'm feeling mighty dreamy I know I'm going to stray And then you're going to see me California way Got a ten-gallon Stetson of guitar Took a lesson Got a cowboy vest Now I sing mighty wistful Got a pearl-handled pistol And a craving for the west The sun will soon caress me Oh, yippee, oh, So, oh, partner, just address me Out California way out California way, out California way, out California way. Oh, oh, what a fool I am. Oh, what a cat. What a rotter. What a thoughtless, selfish, inconsiderate bounder. What a stupid oaf. What a callous jerk. What a mean, narrow, nasty, ingrown egotist. Why, McG- Come in. McGee's residence? Yeah. I am from the wistful vista flowers of the language of love, and why not send that dear one a fragrant remembrance florist? 722 Oak Street. Call us at any time. We'll send your rose a poppy or your poppy a rose. Just ask for sweet William the florist. Who knows? <laughs> What are you talking about? Package for you. Sign here. What's in it? Flowers. What's the matter? Is your nose deep? <laughs> flowers, eh? Now, who's sending my wife flowers? Hmm. Aha. Just as I thought. Happy anniversary to Molly from an old admirer, Otis Cadwallader. Why, that rat. I'll fix him. Hmm. Where's my fountain pen? Now then. Dear Molly, many happy returns of the day. Your loving husband, Fibber. (sighs) I'm a dirty, underhanded thief, but anything's fair in love. (laughs) Hey, Molly! Oh, Molly! Yes, McGee? Package just came for you. Package for me? Yeah. What on earth is that from? I wasn't expecting it. What is this? Flowers! Looks like it, kiddo. Heavenly days. I wonder who... Oh, dear... What magnificent roses. Look, McGee, aren't they beautiful? Who sent them? Read the card. I'll bet I know. Dear Molly, many happy returns of... Oh, McGee, you shouldn't have done it. Oh, you darling, you did remember our anniversary. You were fooling me all the time. 
My gosh, you don't think May 28th is that unimportant to me, do you, baby? I'll admit it was kind of a cruel joke, but look. Get back into that wonderful new dress and we'll have dinner at the Bird of Paradise nightclub. Oh, I've always wanted to go there, dearie. They say the food is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Imagine me at the Bird of Paradise nightclub. Yeah, great place. They give you a bird in the front room and a pair of dice in the back. (laughs) Well, in that case, some other place might be. Come in. Mayor Latrivia, good day, Your Honor. Good day, Molly. Hello, McGee. Hi, Latriv. Congratulate us, boy. This is our wedding anniversary. Well, I most certainly do congratulate you. When I get home, I shall drink a toast to a lucky man and a courageous woman. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. What do you mean, courageous woman? And just what is that? Excuse me. I don't want to detain you as you must want to go out and celebrate. Right. But I wanted to know if I could borrow a couple of eggs, Molly. Why, certainly, Your Honor. And if you're going to a political meeting, I also have some very ripe tomatoes. I intend to use these eggs not for throwing, but for cooking, Mrs. McGee. What? You a cook, Latrev? Yes, yes, occasionally. I like to get up in the morning and make a batch of pancakes. Isn't that wonderful? I don't cook many things, but I often make batter cakes. You make what? Batter cakes. Not then my wife you don't make better cakes. I, uh, I didn't say anything about your wife, McGee. I merely said that I often make batter cakes. If they're not better than mine, whose are they better than? They're not better than anybody's. I was only trying to If they're not better than anybody's, what are you bragging about? I am not bragging. Good heavens, there are any number of prepared mixtures that... Prepared by whom? Well, by whatever company that puts it out, naturally. You mean when you have company, they got to make their own batter cakes? (laughs) By George Latrivia, if your hospitality... I didn't say I made my company make their own hospitals. (laughs) My own batter cakes mix... Look, I don't Now, 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 don't get excited, Mr. Mayor. Heavenly days, if you want to sit around and ask your guests to cook their own breakfast, I'm sure it's... I tell you, I don't sit around on my own guests. I I mean, when I start grusing a greedle, greasing a grundle, a gurgrattle, when I make batter cooks, cooker bakes, cakes, you would have... Wasn't it enough to just... McGee? Yes? In about three weeks, I'd like you to come over and have breakfast with me. I'll mix up some batter tonight and let it set in a warm room in the meantime. What? For three weeks? Why, it'd spoil, Mr. Mayor. What are you trying to do? Poison me? What do you mean, trying? I'll guarantee it! Good day! Well, come on, Snooky. Let's go. Get into your burlap and we'll do the town. Come on, let's go. Oh, McGee, I'm so happy. And to think I thought you'd forgotten what May 28th was. How silly of me. You know, Molly, this really wasn't such a sudden idea, this going out for some nightlife. No? No. All day long I've been wanting to take you to a club. Well, isn't that a coincidence? Why? All day long I've wanted to take a club to you. (laughs) (laughs) I see what you mean. What's the most difficult part of your home to keep clean? Isn't it your kitchen floor? Every time you have it looking nice, somebody tracks it up or you spill something or the children bring in mud. But if you know the secret, it's really quite easy to have a kitchen floor that's clean and shining all the time. Just get some Johnson's Glow Coat and in no time at all, you'll have a kitchen floor that fairly sparkles. There's no rubbing or buffing with Glow Coat. Just spread it around on the linoleum and let it dry. That's all there is to it. All you do is come back in 20 minutes to find your floor polished and gleaming, never streaked or uneven. Next time someone tracks in mud or you spill something, just wipe the floor with a damp cloth and it'll shine like new again. And apart from this handsome wax-polished beauty, you'll know, too, that your attractive linoleum is wax-protected by that tough film of glow coat. 
so that it will retain its bright colors and pattern and newness far longer. Try it, won't you? Be sure to ask for Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Oh, my, that was a wonderful evening, dearie. Yeah, but Molly... Yes? Look, I never had any secrets from you, and I hate to be deceitful on our anniversary. I... I got a confession to make. Why, whatever is it, dearie? About them flowers you got. I changed the card on them on account I forgot to send any. <laughs> they were really from Cadwallader. Well, uh, don't worry about it, dearie. I have a little confession to make, too. You have? What is it? Those flowers. Huh? They weren't from Otis. Huh? I sent them to myself and put his name on them. <laughs> you did? <laughs> well, good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is NBC, the National Broadcasting Company. Fibber McGee and Molly, a collaboration between on-air voices Jim and Marion Jordan and writer Don Quinn, was first broadcast on NBC Blue on April 16, 1935, sponsored by Johnson's Wax. Fibber's early persona as a teller of tall tales eventually evolved into that of a lovable blunderer. His frequently clever and occasionally well-intentioned acts consistently ended in disastrous results, much like the character later developed by Lucille Ball. Marion's Molly was the epitome of a long-suffering wife. The show grew out of an earlier program called Smack Out, developed by the Jordans broadcast from Chicago in the early 1930s. By 1941, the original amateurish, amateurish broadcast had attained a professionalism and polish that allowed it to surpass those of Jack Benny and Bob Hope in popularity. The weekly half-hour feature lasted until 1953, when it was truncated into a 15-minute show, then a dreamt eventually dropped by the radio network in the late 1950s. Fibber, McGee, and Molly included a number of colorful characters and situations that provided catchphrases for the time and still resonate in American memory, including Harold Peary's Gildersleeve, which spun off into The Great Gildersleeve in 1941, and of course Fibber, McGee's closet, precariously crammed with an improbable assortment of junk. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week.